how far into realtor territory should you go? How far onto a realtor's turf should you wander? Well, let's ask another question. How far are you willing to go to protect your clients, to save your clients, to save your clients thousands and thousands of dollars in needless expenses, to protect them from stupidity, to protect them from a weak realtor? Not all realtors are weak, not by a long shot, but some of them are. Not all brokers are weak. Not all brokers are strong, but some of them are, right? Story number one, the closing date needed to be moved by four days to avoid a massive prepayment penalty. The clients mistakenly thought they were in a mortgage where the penalty would be prorated. There'd be a per diem. The final closing four days before the end of the mortgage, they were going to owe four days interest, right? Eh, wrong. Not the product they'd been put in, not with the lender that they had been placed with by the previous broker. No, they were in a product that had a full IRD penalty right up until the last day of the term and no open to renew into. So it really had to be paid out on the day of maturity. Maturity, And it was just pure dumb luck that they'd even come as close to the date of maturity as they had. They weren't even thinking about mortgage prepayment penalties. And there was a whole rationale as to why that mortgage was not being ported to the new property. That lender didn't like the type of property that the clients had purchased. It wasn't happening. But in the in the, in the, in the bottom line is here, the, the realtor refused. The client's realtor, the buyer's, pardon me, the seller's realtor refused to reach out to the buyer's realtor and see whether or not the buyers would be willing to move the dates by four days. They just flat out refused which is kind of mind blowing. And so I managed to get a hold of the buyers and I managed to work out what needed to be worked out with them as far as expenses go, uh, covering you know uh, an adjustment to the movers, maybe four nights in a hotel. What, what did we need to do? What do we need to cover? Well, we covered what we needed to cover and the sellers were totally fine, totally fine with this. And the selling agent, of course, lost their mind that I had called their clients directly. Uh, the listing agent also thought that was horrendous. However, my clients saved $4,000 net. So my clients were quite happy. And in their eyes, I was the only one looking out for them. And the buyers and the sellers had no problems with the dates being changed. I mean, like I say, the, the the one side, they were saving $4,000, so they really didn't care. The other side, they wound up, I think they wound up about $1,000 ahead overall. And, and it wasn't like a big deal. They, they, they were living with family. They stayed with family an extra few days, and then, and then they moved their stuff in. So it wasn't the end of the world. And it really did seem down, to boil down to a case of the realtors had, I don't, I don't know for sure what it was, but it was some, some sort of fear-based situation around opening the contract. Um, and I put air quotes around it when I said that, opening the contract. And it's like, this is an addendum to the contract. You're not changing the contract. You're not deleting the contract and starting fresh. Like no one's unlocked from a contract. You're just changing the completion date. That's it. But as I say, the realtors were incensed that I had gone around them. But, you know, when you're an obstacle, what's going to happen? I'm going to go around you. I'm going to go over you. I'm going to go right through you because the clients are who matter in this equation. And if no one's willing to ask the question, 
what are, what are we here for? We're supposed to be professionals. Anyway, that was story number one. Story number two is an interesting one as well. So story number two involves a 25-year-old first-time home buyer, and they were Canadian. They had landed and they, they were Canadian citizens. They were new to Canada, but they were Canadian citizens. And uh, they'd moved to British Columbia about a year earlier, about a year. Now, that's the key piece. I didn't think to ask how long they'd been in the province, and neither did the realtor. And so the purchase agreement got written up. And as it turns out, in order to get the first-time homebuyer's exemption, which in this case was $6,000 of property transfer tax, in order to be exempted from that as a first-time homebuyer, the buyer needed to actually have resided in British Columbia for 365 days, and they would only have been 359 days. They were six days light on the closing date. So we needed to move the closing date out six days. We needed to delay the closing six days to save this you know, 25-year-old single first-time homebuyer, $6,000. I say single because it's 6,000, not 3,000 each. Divide, you know, it's not 6,000 divided by two. It was all on this 25-year-old first-time homebuyer. The realtor refused. The buyer's realtor refused and would not reach out. I phoned the seller's realtor directly. And they wouldn't ask their client. They said, they said, you need to talk to the buyer's realtor. I'm not talking to you. You have no standing in this transaction. So nobody would talk to anybody. So what did I do? I called the lawyer, the law firm up that was acting for the buyer. I said, hey, can you give me the name of the law firm on the other side that's acting for the seller? They did. I called the lawyer directly acting for the sellers. And I said, hey, here's the situation. Uh, do you think there's any way your seller would be open to extending the closing date by six days. And of course, I'm waiting for the, oh no, there's six more sales of properties. It's a big daisy chain all connected. Uh, the, the lawyer didn't miss a beat. Oh, that's no problem at all. Yeah, it's a, it's a vacant rental property and my client could wait another week easily. And uh, yeah, she'd be fine with that. In fact, she'd love that story. She'd be very happy to do a favor for you know a younger person and help them you know, get to Oh, and I just like choke up at the end there, right? Okay, I didn't choke up, but anyway, help them get uh, going in life. So the seller was a wonderful person. The seller's lawyer was a wonderful person. The buyer with whom I just spoke yesterday, 12 years later, still a wonderful person today. Wonderful person a decade, 12 years ago, wonderful person today. Um, and the realtors, generally horrible human beings. And it's interesting because... There's a variety of reasons, and I'm not going to get into the details too, too much. But as it turns out, the buyer had occasion to interact with that realtor in different capacities over a few more years, as did I. And uh, and we just saw the same thing come out over and over and over again in that realtor, who is still a, a realtor today um, and is probably still not going the distance for their clients. I mean, I don't know. Like, do you want to work with realtors like this? I don't. I don't. I mean, the one realtor, the buyer, um, the buyer's realtor in the second story did continue to reach out to me, did actually continue to refer people to me, but I didn't like working with them because I knew they did not have their clients' best interests at heart. They would not go the distance for their clients. 
And um, it was just really disappointing. The number one concern should always be the clients, not our egos, not our commissions, not a fear of blowing up the file, not if we're practicing inside, you know, contract law, we're not dancing outside it. Like, weren't asking for anything funky or illegal or super special. Like, we're just moving a closing date, four days, six days, you know, one way or the other. Really not a big deal. So, yeah, to answer the question, how far into a realtor's turf should you wander as far as you have to in order to ensure that your clients actually are protected properly and are not paying thousands of dollars in needless penalties or needless tax when, lo and behold, the buyers and the sellers, they'd love to hold hands and sing kumbaya together. So there it is. Do with this advice what you may. Take care.